What's going on, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Fortis Worldwide. Today on the podcast, we have our good friend, Bethany. What's up, you guys? And I am co-hosting the podcast today with Liz as well. Hi. And Toby's here. So, it's going to be a big podcast party today. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Bethany is one of our amazing members at Fortis, and she's also a great friend and paddleboard buddy. We all go paddleboarding out on Navarre Beach. It's a good time. Um, she is a lawyer. She's competed and won in uh, some NPC bikini competitions and has an extensive athletic background, um, as well as a she's like a prior volleyball athlete for lots of years, um, which we'll jump into later in the podcast. Uh, she recently has worked super hard to overcome some pretty big physical and mental hurdles following a knee surgery last year, um, just to kind of repair some ligaments. And there's a lot of uh, recovery that was going on both physically and mentally with that process. So anyways, we hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please leave us a review or rating. Also share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, any of those social media platforms that you choose to use. And before we get started, we have a awesome, awesome sponsorship announcement. Number one, Trash Panda Tactical. They are bringing the amazing holiday deals with their apparel, with their bullet pens, and with their new line of dump trays. The dump trays are awesome. They're a nice, neat area for you to keep your stuff, so that way when you get home from your busy day, they're not all floating around your keys and wallet, everything. It's all in one neat, nice spot, and when you're ready to go, you can just go grab your stuff, and you're off on your day. So make sure you head to Trash Panda Tactical on Instagram and on Facebook. Check out their website, TrashPandaTactical.com. They also just uploaded some new apparel on there as well. And remember, you can save some dough by plugging in the promo code Fortis Worldwide. Saves you 10%. All right. And before we get too far into the podcast, we have a gift for you from our sponsor. Wow. This so is awesome. That's the new dump tray. I've been and looking out for these. I really need one because I lose my keys every day. <laughs> yep. Same here. I was like, at first, I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like, I use it every day now. It's perfect. Yes. So, anyways, that's for you from our sponsor. And we are going to go ahead and jump right into it. So, um, you are a lawyer. So, yes. I'm not. Neither is Liz. Nope. What does it take to be a lawyer? How did you become a lawyer? So the story's pretty funny because when I was an undergrad, I knew I wanted to keep going and get a high-level degree, but I wanted to do it in the fewest number of years possible. All right. So I thought about it. Med school, super long. Law school, not that long. So All sign right. me up. So that's what I did. I didn't even really want to be an attorney. I just wanted to have the highest degree in the shortest number of years. <laughs> All right. Right on. <laughs> that works. That's fair enough. But I will say it's funny because my parents were cleaning out some old baby stuff a few years back. And I did this project in the fourth grade. And it said, what you want to be when you grow up. And I had written in the fourth grade. And I did not remember this. But I wrote in the fourth grade that I wanted to be an attorney because I really like to argue. Boom. Nice. That's like Liz. Liz, have- uh... Don't There's you have a, like a newspaper? Yeah, it was like a newspaper clipping that um, my mom took out and kept. I think it was from when I was in fifth grade, maybe. And it said in there, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was, I want to be a teacher either third or fifth grade. So, Did like, you remember I remember saying that? I, I mean, I knew I used to want to be a teacher. I didn't remember it was in the newspaper. but That's awesome. And then it turns out I am actually a third grade teacher. So... I was even very specific. Wait a minute, predicting and I still, a future. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Extremely specific I, on the grade. I used to put down that I wanted to be an astronaut, so I was way off. <laughs> 
Not even close. Let's call Elon. It wasn't like a TikTok star and yeah, a YouTuber. That's what all the kids want to be now. Accurate. TikTok stars. Yes. That's what they tell me. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So you got started with uh, being a lawyer. It wasn't even necessarily by like on purpose. You were just like looking for a specific degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get your degree and then what was your first job as a lawyer? So that's another interesting thing, and I knew nothing about this going into it, but when you're in law school, if you make good grades, it gets really competitive, and all these local law firms come out to the school and interview and select like the top students for jobs, and it became this huge competition to nail the summer clerkship job. So that's basically how it happened, and that's how I got my first job, was I tried really hard in school, made the good grades, and got a position through that on-campus interview program cool. and, and landed where, my first job there. Where did you get your degree from? Your Chapman degree? University in Orange, Cal- California. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yes. Uh, native Californian myself. But uh, as far as once you became a lawyer, what were some things you like really like about it? What are some things you dislike? And what's the difference between being a lawyer in California and being a lawyer in Northwest Florida? <laughs> Super interesting. Okay. So when I first became an attorney... I realized it's nothing like what the TV shows appear to be. It's actually quite boring because my first job was medical malpractice. Mm. So I was the lowest on the totem pole. I got all the medical records for all of our cases and had to sit there and summarize thousands and thousands of pages of medical records all day, every nice. day. That does yeah. not sound fun. It was awful. <laughs> so that job was not really for me. Like and- typing it up? Yeah, typing it up and getting it ready for exhibits and just seeing if you could find a needle in the haystack as to – because we represented the doctors and the nurses who were being sued after medical things went wrong. Ah. We were trying to find things in those medical records, like perhaps the patient disobeyed the doctor's orders after leaving the hospital and Ah, did something they weren't supposed to do. And then they came back for a follow-up appointment, and we can find them and prove that they are the ones responsible for the damage instead of the doctor. That's intense. It was That's a lot of work. It was a lot of work, and you usually don't find anything. So at the end of a million pages, oh. you just look to the next set of medical records to start over again. So like it was super awful. unrewarding, too. Yes, yes. And it was such a grind. But then I found a job at a family law firm, and that's where things got pretty fun because you turn your legal – knowledge and your skills, but you apply it to some real life drama going on with people splitting up their families, trying to divide up their assets. And the stories that come out of those situations are always interesting. And it keeps you entertained. So that was more fun for me. Much more fun than combing through millions of pieces of paper. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Um, So what would you say would be the main difference between like being a lawyer in California and just like that climate, like mm-hmm. as far as the job, and then being a lawyer down here in the South. So I would say California in general is much more competitive. So I felt like because it's a bigger place, you don't necessarily run into the same opposing counsels very often. So when you're against someone, you can really be extremely aggressive, go all out, and you kind of scorched earth type strategy, right. you no know, looking back. And I kind of brought that style when I first moved to Florida, and people started looking at me like, girl, you gotta <laughs> slow down. You're going a little too intense. Cool the jets. Yes. And so I like it a lot more here because I think the attorneys do a better job of just trying to get to a good, fair result more than just trying to 
you know, go for broke, get every single penny out of every situation that you can. And it's a smaller environment. So you do run into the same opposing counsel more often. Right. So you don't want to ruin that relationship in one case because you're going to have them again a couple of cases down the road. So you want to keep that relationship So it's a little smaller, like, community, maybe. Yeah, I like it. California, where you're just like, smoke you, I've never seen you again, <laughs> yes, doesn't matter. Absolutely. Bye, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, awesome. So I know also um, you started recently doing like online teaching and stuff like yeah. that. So how did you get into that? And what do you do? So I think the world is so interesting because I've seen most of my opportunities come when I least expect it and when I'm not even really <laughs> looking for things. Same. Yeah. it's it's You always have to be open because you never know what tomorrow will bring. And I used to teach for a law school when I was in California um, haven't really talked to them in a long time, especially not since we've moved here to Florida a couple years back. But they reached out and they said, with coronavirus and we're having to move a lot of our classes online, we don't have a ton of professors that are comfortable with that kind of online teaching aspect. So what do you think? You want to give it a shot? I said, sure. That's one of my rules, too, is <laughs> I try to say yes to everything at least once because it could turn out to be something really cool. So try it. Dive in, say yes, and then see where it takes you. And the opportunity has been pretty great. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's just extra work on top of your day-to-day job. But right. it's something that I can see myself doing forever, and I can do it from anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of flexibility there. You don't have to like actually go into a courtroom or whatever. Yep. You're just there at home recording yep. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good point as well, just making sure you're diving into things, not just holding back because you never know what different opportunities can come from taking the plunge. Yeah. I mean, it can go both ways. I can say yes to too many things at once and get burned out, but that's where I have really cool people around me that kind of rein me in a little bit and say, okay, maybe for this year, don't say yes to anything else yet. Yeah. That's why I have Liz because (laughs) I'll just say yes to everything. I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. And she's like, "Uh, let's dial it back a little bit. Liz helps me with that in the gym too because I'm always like, yeah, let's do the class and barbell and run two miles after. (laughs) Just do all of the things. (laughs) So Liz helps me like, okay, hang on. Do this today. You can do that priorities. (laughs) What comes first? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So let's go ahead and kind of jump into the main uh, thing I want to talk about today, which was your fitness journey. So I know you've been an athlete for a lot, a lot of years. It's been a wild one. <laughs> um, when, like, so how old were you when you first got into sports? Would you say? So I would and what say. What sports were they? Um, the first experience I had with athletics, and this is kind of random because a lot of people don't see this as athletic, but it really was was growing up around horses. So my mom and I especially were really into competitive horse events. So we would train our horses, go to events, always racing against the clock. So barrels, poles, goat tying, uh, speed, all that good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I was on a horse once and fell off. I've never been on a horse again. (laughs) So funny story. Jeff, uh, when we first started dating, I took him to ride horses and he thought the horse was bucking him. And you don't even really say the horse is bucking me, but that's what Jeff kept saying. Just because the horse was trotting. Oh my gosh. So that was a trotting horse was trying to buck him (laughs) off. Absolutely. Nice. Sounds about right. Horses are big, yo. They're big. There's some like they're videos so online of horses kicking people. They yes. like die. They're so cool, though. They're awesome. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> there used Definitely to be agree. there used to be horses what? down the street from where I lived when we grew up, and we always used to go feed them carrots and apples. Nah. Like they're at some random farm, and we horses would just are dangerous, yo. Give them apples. They would eat them right out of your hand. They're awesome, and I would say 
a lot of my early injuries came from horses as well. <laughs> okay. So it does Probably. go both ways. All right. But, um, you know, you learn to be competitive and it was kind of your own destiny type thing. If you want to be better, you need to go out and exercise your horse, practice, put in the work. Um, and it made me strong, too, because I was a little kid. And right. this started from... Before I could probably even walk on my own, my parents would put me on top of a horse. And it does build strength a lot mm-hmm. of just even moving the horse equipment, like putting the saddle on the horse and taking the saddle off. Mm-hmm. Those are heavy. Super heavy. And I did Western, so it was all the really heavy stuff. Um, but it really gave me a good foundation and strength. And then it kind of went from there. I just became probably one of the most competitive people I've ever met. You're because, competitive? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll talk about some of the things that happened during our Fordis Olympics um, yeah. because I just can't not try to win. Yeah. But I applied that and I started playing volleyball in junior high and fell in love with the sport. Um, but I was not good at it. I was actually one of the worst girls in the gym. But Sounds I think, like me playing every sport. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I will say in every aspect of my life, from athletics to my career, I have never ever been the best in the room but my key is the way that i can kind of outshine people is that i outwork them yeah that's definitely like the same for me i've never been like the best in the room day one but by day 30 i'm pretty much better than every other person in the room because unlike every other person in the room i'll be willing to stay every single day for 30 days to get better at that one thing and then Day 30's here, and everybody's skipped a day, missed a day, whatever, and mm-hmm. I've missed zero days. Yeah, I think that really sets people apart because you can Agreed. put in the work to become one of the best people in the gym or in your career, whatever the case may be. And if you just put in that work, it will pay off. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when you started volleyball, uh, when exactly did you start like working out and like how did that help you with volleyball? Or was it just kind of like you never – really touched weights for a long time until like after volleyball. Now, looking back, it's interesting because we did, quote unquote, lift weights in high school. But I realize now that it really wasn't proper training and, yeah. and the people that were in charge of it didn't really know what they were doing. So they weren't teaching us the proper form. Yeah. But then I um, did go and play volleyball in college and we had a strength coach in college. And that was my first experience of what real yeah, that's a different weight ball game. Yeah, and we I talked was... about that last week on the podcast with uh, Tyler because yeah. he's a strength coach yeah. at CSCS, and that's just a different like those guys are like trained professionals versus I mean, there's some awesome coaches on the high school level, people yeah. or whatever, but for the majority, those people usually volunteer. They're not usually like actually trained in like programming and yeah. you know body mechanics and stuff like that. So and I don't know about you different. guys, but when I was in school the coaches were teachers. So it would be like my social studies teacher was my volleyball coach, you know? And so it felt like they were kind of serving two purposes and more there for the teaching. And they just happened to get thrown into the coaching role also. Yeah. That's the same for like my high school. I think I want to say they got paid, but I don't know if they did. Yeah. Or if it was, it was like a real small stipend. Usually they get a stipend of some sorts. But I mean, as a teacher, as anything, you don't really get paid that much. So usually you get some kind of stipend if you're doing like extra coaching or extra anything like that, but it's still not, not much. <laughs> and we went to a tiny school. So I think in my graduating class, there were less than 60 kids. Oh, wow. So we were really, really small. And 
it was an interesting school because they let us play all the sports and do all the activities. So I was on the volleyball team, the basketball team, the tennis team. <laughs> oh. I was the mascot for a couple years. I was a cheerleader for a couple what years. What mascot? What were you? I was the dragon. Sick. <laughs> so cool. Yes. It was Daisy the dragon. Oh Daisy the dragon. I had to get that in Oh my fun. gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That was Only cool. in Texas yep. would you find a dragon named Daisy. <laughs> Redwater, Texas. Oh my god. Blue and white and gray. Daisy That's the awesome. dragon. And we were the tiniest (laughs) school, but we were in a district with some of the biggest schools in our area. Okay. And we would get stomped in all the sports. I'm talking embarrassed by all the other teams. So they didn't separate them by like school size or anything? They did, but we were like one number over the limit. And the the span of numbers was so large that we were the smallest in that division against the largest in that division. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's rough just because, like, you just, you're, you have a smaller talent pool to draw from. And, yep. like, the bigger the talent pool, the more, you know, the greater the chance that some, like, serious athletes are going to come yeah. out of that school. It made me feel like I was such a great athlete because compared to my teammates, I was pretty good. But then yeah, when yeah. I get to college, you get knocked down a, a bunch of notches and you realize you weren't very good at all. Well, because you're <laughs> like big yeah. fish, small pond. Exactly. Like, it's just, you're just like, I'm a freaking beast at this. Yes. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. But then you get to college and that strength coach, really, his name was Briscoe. Shout out to Briscoe. He does bodybuilding too, actually. Okay. Um, but he really taught me a lot about true, proper form, how to get stronger, how to take care of yourself. And I did feel like I got a lot better at sports because of him and him making me stronger. That's awesome. So it sounds like you had a really like wide base when you're growing up, which is super good. That's like what most people, uh, recommend like for, you know, unless your kid shows like serious promise in like one specific thing, it's like usually most recommended that just have your kid play as many things as possible because yeah. what that does, it gives you just a wide base. Your body's moving in different angles and different ways than, you know, in baseball, then it would be in soccer, then it would be in track, then it would be in volleyball. And that's just going to overall develop the body, develop the motor skills and whatnot. So that when you went to college, you're ready to go. You just need to like, more direction, which mm-hmm. sounds like Briscoe like offered that direction that you needed and you were able to kind of develop as like an athlete and develop more specifically towards volleyball. Yeah. And it's funny because I see kids now specializing in just one thing. And I'm so glad that I had the experience growing up to do all the things because it was so fun. And I got to meet new people and try different stuff. And one rule my parents always had is if you start something, you cannot quit in the middle. You better finish it. So I did end up playing some sports and being on some teams that I didn't really like. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed to quit until it was over. And I'm thankful for that because I got to experience so many things and learn you don't quit until the thing is finished. Well, and I think that teaches like good work ethic too, to know that like you do something, you commit to it and you follow through, even if it's like, cause life isn't always great and easy and fun. So like sometimes you have to push through when you don't really want to. Yeah. So I think it's a good lesson to learn Absolutely. as a kid. And I also don't think kids should get medals for participation <laughs> points. I mean, I really think there's Truth. something too. Yeah. Kids should learn what you winning should, is and what, and what losing, losing is. is. That is life. It winning, is life. Yeah. I mean, like winning, winning and losing is everywhere. And yes. like we've talked about in some of our previous episodes, like you cannot succeed without failure. Period. Absolutely. Like it's just not going to happen. Also, there's always like, there's always a sacrifice you got to make to win. Okay. So like, you know, any of those teams that you played against, like, even though, yeah, they're really good or whatever, they had natural talent. They also probably sacrificed a good amount of time. You know what I mean? To like get super good. Like, yeah. I feel like so many people, and especially like you said, with the 
invention. I don't even know when that started. I got participation medals, so really? it had to be a while ago. I don't. You are a young pup. Did you play? I didn't did play, you play sports. sports Liz? <laughs> no, not even close. Zero, athletics. zero, which athletics. is so weird because I see Liz in the gym and I'm like, she's so naturally athletic and strong. Zero, it my mind. athletics. I know. Yeah, it's, None. it's crazy. You to waited think like that you 20 did. years to. Start I working. waited way too long. Yeah. yeah, you preserved yourself, is what we were talking about the other day. In the gym. <laughs> Apparently, I did because zero athletics were had when I was a kid. Like, well, I did dance and gymnastics when I was little. That counts, yeah. For like a few years, I was actually really good at it. Yeah. Like, Why'd you stop? Um, because I wanted to, true story, because I wanted to take art classes. Sick. Nice. <laughs> Which, you draw stuff? No. <laughs> it did not did go work well. out for you? It did not go well. <laughs> and then I just stopped doing anything. They fire you from art class? I quit art class because I am like the least creatively talented artistic person ever. Also what accurate. made you want to go to art class? You I have you no idea. Apparently, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I don't know if I had friends doing it or what, but... I I have no idea. It was a horrible choice, though. I definitely should have stuck with dance. I kind of felt that way when I was the mascot. <laughs> Looking back, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I, tried I don't out know to why you did mascot. that either. But here's the thing, too, is what I've realized in life is when something turns into a competition. So if I hear of somebody else wanting to be the mascot, it sparks something in my brain. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I, need to do I want to be the mascot <laughs> just so I can prove that I can be more than yeah. you can be. But then I actually get it, and I'm like, oh, this is a part. Oh, uh, I don't want to do this. I don't really want to be the mascot. Be mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Um, that's awesome. So um, as far as moving forward, you finish your volleyball career. Not um, finished. It never ends. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> it never ends. I'm yeah. the adult in the rec league that, that takes is it true. way too seriously. This is true. I played volleyball with Bethany and her husband, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. He's a freaking beast at volleyball. Yeah, he will talk not about tell... someone that's good at volleyball yeah. is Jeff. He will not tell you that he is, but he's insane. So if you're ever at Juana's and you've had a few drinks <laughs> and you're like, yeah, let's go play, bro. Just be careful yes. because he's insanely good. Yes. But yeah, no, Bethany and Jeff are awesome and they're real good at volleyball. Me, not so much. I played <laughs> volleyball also for two, three years in high school. I didn't learn anything. I'm horrible at it. And then what happened, real potential. And what happened when you played volleyball here with Bethany to your back? Oh, yeah. I snapped my back. <laughs> Turns like out, the one game you played. Yeah, I played like, I don't know, some random pickup game or something. You went too my hard. Back. <laughs> went too hard. Old man. Maybe someday... We'll get back on the volleyball. You got volleyball. some natural potential. Even Jeff says, uh, you know, I can, I can really take some, some names. I just have a lot of muscles, so I can move <laughs> the ball, but I can't, like, Jeff. There's no aim. Yeah, I was just going to say, Jeff, like, goes to spike hit. the ball, and it's like a laser towards the ground. I'm just like, ding, the ball's just kind of, like, floating through the air. It's yes, and just keep calling it spike. That's a, that's a dead giveaway that you're a real ringer. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing on the volleyball court. Actually, before we finish talking about volleyball, uh, what was your favorite game, if you remember one? like, Or was there like a championship oh. or something like that that you were like, this is super fun? Or was mm. it just kind of something you were doing while you were in college? I forgot to ask you that. That's a good question. None of them really stick out to me so much. But okay. my, I think my senior year overall kind of sticks out for me because I really had to kind of fight my way against some good girls on the team to compete for the spot. Okay. And I ended up kind of having that spot for the majority of my senior year. And that was epic, you know, because to put in a lot of work, I was never the best girl in the gym, but to kind of work outwork them and earn that and get to play the majority of my senior year in that role was really cool. Awesome. Um, so moving on, we know that you competed in the bodybuilding scene. Yes. Um, wow. I can't even believe that happened. Yeah. That's how I feel about my competition <laughs> yeah. in the physique show world. 
Liz is going to do one soon, so we can talk about that. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I like food way Although, too much. <laughs> Liz would destroy it in that new wellness division. You would crush some souls. But I like food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's all I got. <laughs> I like food too much. So anyways, what got you into uh, doing your first competition and kind of go from there? Like, how did your training change? And this is after college, correct? Yes, this is after college and after I got married. And Jeff and I all, you know, still went to the gym every once in a while, 24-hour fitness. And How'd you meet Jeff? I met Jeff playing volleyball, actually. Yeah. And spike it? Yeah, actually. (laughs) Damn. Really close after we started dating, we were at a gym just playing some pickup, and we were goofing around, warming up, and he, just joking around, went up to the net and took a swing at it, and I was on the other side of the net. (laughs) It hit me so hard, I bet. Flipped over backwards, basically. Oh, he literally hit you. He literally. <laughs> Spike. Yes, in the face. Swept you off your feet. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he did. With the volleyball. Yes, yes. <laughs> or knocked you yeah. off your feet. One of the I've two. never been hit that hard with a volleyball <laughs> in my life until he spiked it at my See? face. So just, like I said, a nice little fair warning. If you're a local here in Navarre, if you see Jeff, yes. he has a wicked spike. Cover your face <laughs> and you'll be fine. But this was after getting married and, you know, I had my law career and that doesn't leave a lot of time to work out. And so I would see my physical shape really start to deteriorate and I wasn't getting to work out as much as I wanted to. But one of my law school friends was getting married and I kept seeing pictures of her on social media and she was getting ripped. So I looked at who she was training with and I realized it's this guy named Sam in California and he is a bodybuilder. So I reached out and said, listen, I want to get back in the gym. Can I come in a train? And it kind of went from there. I started training with him just to get back into the gym. But he would always train these girls for bikini competitions. And I kept seeing them compete. And I thought, yeah, that competitive thing in my brain again. I'm pretty sure I could beat them. <laughs> and so yep. <laughs> we just started chatting about it. And it was kind of funny because the other girls in the gym were a lot younger and really dedicated into that world and really wanting to take that career path and, and gain social media followers and maybe become like an Instagram fitness chick or whatever. I just wanted to beat them. So I was like, Sam, let's do this. You think I could do a competition? He was like, yeah, why not? So it, it just started like that, and my first show, I ended up getting second place, and of course, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not so good I, enough. I had to go again, and the next year, I got first, and then I decided I need to retire. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> and then my second one, Jeff did one as well, just to say that he did one too, but he did a show that was like a couple of weeks after mine, and prepping at the same time <laughs> with your husband, not such a great idea. No. A lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of emotion, a lot of working out, and not a lot of food. Yeah. That would not go well. I would no. say, that does not sound like a good recipe. <laughs> Sounds like me and Liz when we first started uh, training each other. Yeah. It just doesn't go well. I, I listened to that, and that's interesting because Jeff was not training me, nor was I training him during prep, but we would have our meal prep sessions together and talk about how you're going to hit your carbs today, what are you going to do for your protein, and even just little discussions like that would go off the rails and so got a little heated <laughs> go off the rails yeah it was a tough it was a tough start super duper um you so know. what was your favorite part about competing winning with- <laughs> <laughs> is that a question hell yeah is that a question that's awesome i don't know some people like the training more nope. than uh stepping on stage winning. as she said co- you, competition what did you win did you win like a sword or I something i won a really cool crown okay 
tons of medals because I competed in novice and open, and I won both classes. Nice. And so crown, medals. I wanted the sword for the overall overall, and I didn't win the sword, which surprises me that I didn't go back to compete again. I was going to say, you didn't go get the sword? I was going to say. I had to hang up the bikini. had to do it. Because um, I hated the process. I hated the show. You still have day. the crown? Yep. Still have it. Why don't you wear it for <laughs> deadlift <laughs> days? Ridiculous. Yeah. No. Queen Next of the deadlift. Yeah, queen of the... No, that goes to Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, what were some of the things, like some of the parts that you maybe disliked about it? Everything were... else except winning. <laughs> All right, fair Including enough. Including the workouts were so monotonous. I mean, I literally did the same workout, and I did 16-week preps. So that is 16 weeks of the That's same yeah, same food all day, every day, same workout schedule. And even when you it was You did the same like, workout for 16 weeks? Yes. So you would do like two leg days, an upper body day, and chest, and then a back day. But each one of those days was basically the same exercises for 16 weeks and then cardio 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 that's boring it was awful that sounds like a real boring program (laughs) it was super boring Um, but i I did like the way because you could see each week you're getting leaner and leaner and you're seeing more muscle come out and you're working on your posing and all that but i hated posing i I hated hated wearing the bikini you had to go get a special bikini made for you which are like really expensive right super duper expensive yeah then you had to get the shoes and the jewelry and the hair and you had to get your nails done and you had to get your spray tan. Then the day of the show, you're just sitting there because there's all these other classes and divisions. So you're waiting for your time to go on stage and it's just a long, brutal, gross day. <laughs> and you're waiting for people. And you're all like sweaty and like... Super duper. I had, I don't know about Orange, you, but I had probably. like the spray tan yeah. and then uh, my buddy Brian was like, you got to put like oil so that yes, you're shi- like shiny It's like sticky and yeah. like sitting there. You can't really sit down because it's going to yeah. ruin your spray yeah. tan. Um, you got to like sit with your legs elevated. Well, I had shorts on, so yeah, you're lucky. Lucky. (laughs) All I had to get was shorts. I just got a picture of someone like a girl sitting down and like her butt being not tan anymore. (laughs) It happens. Like you literally have to get everything special and think ahead so that when you take a break from your time and it's a long day, that you don't ruin your spray tan. That's crazy. And then you're on the stage for like a second. Truth. Did you they do like, like a routine you... that yes. you had to do? It was a. What song did you use? So we didn't get to pick our song. Uh, that was for more of the bodybuilding divisions. Oh, sad. Truth. Yeah, but they would play whatever popular songs were out the moment, and I tried to walk to the beat, you know, because I'm I'm gonna win this <laughs> thing. And then you do your posing, and you stand there, and they judge you, and then you walk off. That's how mine was. I think I feel like bikini and then physique are like the two like. Oh, yeah, we have these guys competing, but they're not bodybuilders. Yes. You know what I mean? Because, yes. like, Brian, Brian did the same show, but he was a bodybuilder. And they and get he to pick got their to pick song. a song. Yes. He got this, like, two-minute or one-minute, yeah, like, a cool like, routine. And then mine is just, like, like seven, move to the left. <laughs> seven, come back to front and center or whatever. I'm just like, yes. okay. Like, side left. All right? Yep. But I was going to say, so, like, posing was by far, I think, so... One, I think that was one of the things that made such a good, huge difference for me when I did my competition. And two, that is by far one of the worst things, in my yeah. opinion. I hated posing. It was like, hard. You just have to sit there and look at yourself in a mirror and make sure things look like flowy. And I cannot dance at all, as we know. <laughs> no, so, not like, even a little bit. My body bit doesn't truth. flow at all. Nope. So, <laughs> and then Brian would just be like, like uh, my buddy Brian, who I was doing the show with, he'd be like, yeah, just try and like look. 
you know, more natural. Like you're flowing. I'm just like, like you're dancing. So I'm just like, I don't know how to do that, dude. And you're so depleted. And so yeah. your coach keeps telling you all these tips about your posing and you try to get better with it, but it's just not natural. And posing's super hard. So something for people that haven't done that, like, let me tell you, because I, I feel like a lot of people just see that. They're just like, oh, they're just standing there. No. Posing is insanely hard. You're literally, so think about, like, for people that haven't done a bodybuilding show or a physique or, you know, competed like that. Uh, think about, like, that feeling you get when you do a bunch of bicep curls and your biceps are about to explode. That's, like, how your whole body feels. Yes. Because you're literally holding everything tight. So your abs are tight. Your legs are tight. Your arms are tight. Your back's tight. And you're, and then you have to smile. So, yep. like, that was the biggest thing. I, like, got pretty good at posing and all this stuff. And then Brian's like, yeah, you also need to smile. I'm You're just like, like, wait, what? what? <laughs> like, you know, I had gotten really good at everything else. And then he's like, yeah, you got to add in the smile. I'm like, make it look natural. I'm like, for sure. Like, while I'm squeezing every muscle in my body, depleted as shit. Uh-huh. And I'm just like. Miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. Just yeah. wanting a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get up there and smile. <laughs> just wanting a cookie. Uh, I like cookies too much. <laughs> cookies are so good. <laughs> I used to torture myself in prep. I would watch the Food Network <gasps> channel what? and just see all these recipes, and I would just write a list of what I wanted after the show's over. Oh Did you God. eat it after the show's yeah, over? Yeah, and that's the thing is why it was, I think, such a bad idea for me to do that because I'm so good at not doing that for 16 weeks and not having any special food or any good treats. But then after that process, I felt like that was my finish line. So now you get to do whatever you want, yeah. and that is not good. Your body goes into shock, Yeah, which happened to me both times. So after the second one, you kind of went into shock, as you said. Yeah, and I went crazy. Did you like stop working out too? Or no. did you like. That was the only saving grace is that I did keep working out, but I just started eating whatever, whatever I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I would swell up. Like my face and my whole body would just get really swollen. Yeah. And I looked like a chipmunk. <laughs> and you could just tell and you could feel it too. You could feel your body just reacting. Negatively. I mean, going from like nothing to then just like everything yeah. is not probably well, going mean, to do good like things to you. After you finished uh, your last cut of three. Yeah, but I wasn't even as depleted as that though. And like I, I know, still. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you I remember going because that was when we were still oh, in yeah, California. Oh, yeah, I ate a ton. <laughs> yeah, we would go to my favorite donut shop, and I would order up a dozen donuts, and I would have that bad boy done. <laughs> Jeff would impressive. not get a single donut. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, and it was just – and I knew it. I would do it, and I would tell my brain, like, this is a very bad thing. You should not be doing this to yourself. But I, it just – I lost control a little bit. Well, and that's that's something, like, interesting to kind of touch on real quick. A little tangent is, like, I feel like, you know – to do anything with excellence, you're going to need such great focus that other things will go to the wayside. And then I think if you don't have a plan or if your coach does not have a plan for you to rebound or recover or uh, reverse diet is a mm-hmm. popular term, like if you don't have a plan in place, then you will not have the willpower to like, you know, rebuild back to kind of like a normal and you'll just yeah. kind of like go like you're just running, running, running. And then it's like, boop, off the deep end. Bye. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened to me. And like I said, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a plan. But I never had actually like created a plan. Yeah. So I was like 165. I think I gained like I was up to like 190. Yeah. Like within a month. So like it I, happens fast. And the thing, well, the thing is you're so depleted, like your body is kind of just like a like super compensation, right? So you're so, so depleted. So when you do start eating, your body just like holding, holding, holding. Because your body literally thinks, I mean, by the end of those preps, your body is literally starving to yeah, death. Like I, legit. Yeah, so agree. like your body. So by the time you finish that. Your body's like, 
12 donuts? Check. Let's go. And it was Pasta? nothing. Check. Like, Let's really? Go. Where's the 12 more? Because that was nothing. <laughs> right. Let's go. Yeah. No. Um, so another question would be, will you do another one? Never. Okay. No. Fair enough. Um, there's no way in hell I'd ever do another one either. Liz? And I also think, too, Toby? back to my roots. Toby, don't ever do it. It's a bad <laughs> idea. You look great the way you are now. But I would say... It takes me back to when I grew up riding horses because I always did the events that were racing against the clock. And there were other events where you could compete for judges. And I never did those events because I didn't want judges deciding whether I was good enough or not to be the winner. Yeah. And so then I don't really know why I put myself in the situation of bodybuilding in the bikini competitions because that's the opposite of what I want to do, of just being judged by objective criteria. I was putting whether I could win or not in the hands of judges with their own subjective opinions. And I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah, that's definitely, that was definitely something for me too. It's just like the subjectiveness of bodybuilding is just a little bit too much for me. Like I understand that like people have their different opinions and I understand that like even powerlifting, like you're getting judged, but there's also like, there's a clear, you either like did this standard or you didn't do the standard in bodybuilding. It's a weird thing. It's like, it's like, They'll tell you ish what they're looking for, mm-hmm. but then like you don't really know, and then I don't think they really know I don't until either. they see you next to, and they're like, mm, "This like, looks better than that." Does. Yeah, like yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. Because that like now maybe at the super competitive like Olympia stage, I could be wrong. I'm sure someone will correct me, but like I don't know, know because I, I still look at those pictures yeah, every like, year, and I think. They all look awesome. Why was right. this one but first then how can and this you one pick second? Like one thing over another because totally. they all look really good. Yeah, I don't, and I think that's a reason maybe also why it would be difficult for you to compete in something like that. Oh, I would, yeah. I mean, not you only would pick it apart too. Not only you would do say, I, like, I don't see the difference exactly, or like you know, everyone looks really good, or there is not that like whatever the certain number, or if you lift this, you lift it. If you go this fast, you win. Like there's nothing with that, and I, I mean. I have enough body image issues that I can only imagine like what doing something like that would do thinking that, you know, is my, you know, shoulder going to look exactly the way that they want it to look? Are my lats going to be as pronounced? Is my waist going to be small enough? And like, there's not like a definitive answer to that. And I just feel like that would be really, really like mentally challenging for me to ever try and do because there's not a clear cut answer. Yeah. All that being said, um, I would say there's still definitely a place for bodybuilding and for, for sure. bikini shows. I think it's good. I think it just depends on the individual. The last thing I was going to ask you is like, would you recommend other people try it? Um, I feel like personally, it just depends on the individual. I don't think it's yeah. necessarily bad. I just think some people like are going to be more drawn. Like it's, if we're talking competition, some people are going to be drawn to like CrossFit. Some people might be drawn to that. Some people might be drawn to, um, powerlifting some people might be drawn to olympic lifting like there's so many different things you can be competitive get that kind of like competitive release in there mm-hmm. without like you know totally just like losing your life because you're just like spending so much time doing that but would you recommend other people try heck yeah see here's the thing back to my say yes to everything at least once you, you should dive in and try it. You might love it. And mm-hmm. it is for some people. And absolutely, even though I would never do another competition, I don't regret the two that I did. It taught me a lot about myself. And I did get ripped beyond measure. <laughs> and I look back at those pictures and it's hard to even believe I did that. You know, like I went through the grind and I did that. And it was really cool. And so I proved to myself I could do something major and extreme. So 
yeah, go for it. Try it out. If it's something in your mind that you feel curious about, absolutely you should do it. And I would say too, like, obviously I haven't done one. And again, I've expressed no interest in doing them, but I also know myself very well and what I do enjoy doing. But especially I would say if people are, you know, trying to get into fitness and, you know, want to have a goal that might be something to look towards and see, you know, aspire to maybe doing something like that to create some kind of goal. And if that's a goal that they have, then that's a place to start. And like you said, try it once, you might fall in love with it because there are people who love that sport and rock that sport. Like they are freaking amazing at it. And you know, that's awesome that they can do that. And people might fall in love with it when they try it. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I would like powerlifting until I tried to do it. And then I fell in love with it. So yeah. you never know. you got to try it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I also think for me personally, like you're saying, like I, I would never do one again. However, that developed a huge amount of discipline in me. And it yeah. also developed a huge understanding of nutrition that I had zero clue about before I did that. And I just think like, Learning about your body. I mean, I will say this. I've never, ever been as strict as I was during that bodybuilding show as far as my diet Mm -hmm. ever. Even right now, cutting weight like for this competition, it's more just kind of like cutting a little bloat off. It's easy work. It's Mm -hmm. not like nearly as extreme as that. Like I literally was dieting down. I think I was like eating like 14 or 1500 calories for a grown male. Yeah. I was like, but I did the same thing. 16 week prep. Yeah. And but anyways. Back to what I was saying, like it's it created it developed a huge amount of discipline in my life, which has stayed with me forever. It also developed a huge sense of understanding that like what you put in your body directly affects like visual results mm-hmm. and performance results. Because um, I think sometimes for people that gets a little muddled, like they're like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna have this drink or I'm gonna have go out and drink all these beers and mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be fine. I'm going to hit a PR on Monday. It's like, uh, like that's not really setting yourself up for success or like, you know, you're just eating like a bunch of cake instead mm-hmm. of like putting cake. some protein in, so good. you know what I mean? Like you polish <laughs> off like a whole cake, cake by yourself. <laughs> I and can then do you, that. Yeah. <laughs> then you come Probably into the gym happened. Monday, you're like, I don't feel good. It's like, well, yeah, you just smoked a cake and like, you know, didn't eat any like actual nutrients. So I think there's definitely some positives. And I think like you guys both said, I think, you know, everything, everybody's different. Like I would never do equestrian stuff like horse stuff, but <laughs> I would maybe try it like one more time. Maybe. I tried once and I almost died. So <laughs> That's going to be I our next really. friend adventure. I'm finding <laughs> a horse really farm. Happen. We're yeah. going riding. Um, I would do that. Yes. Jeff will get on there if you get on there. <laughs> mm, I'll just get on like Jeff's back and then he can get on the horse. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not, terrifying. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that poor that. horse. <laughs> we'll do that like after I compete. I don't know. Okay, deal. Yeah, maybe not before the meet. Yeah, yeah we'll wait no, for after. I don't think so. Um, so... Recently, I think it was like last year, you had a knee surgery. So let's talk about that. And um, I guess start with maybe how you injured your knee, like any other injuries that you have, and then kind of what led you to like get that surgery. So Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say years of wear and tear on the body, starting from when I did compete on horses growing up. I had a pretty crazy accident with one of my horses. We were just out trail riding for fun. See, horses are dangerous. Horses are dangerous. And this (laughs) is where it all started. Um, I was actually on about a 1,200-pound horse that day, and she stepped in construction clay. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, red clay that looks solid on the top, but it's really a sinkhole when you step on it. 
So she stepped on that and fell into the sinkhole. And oh. as she was climbing her way out, she crushed my left knee. And uh, Ouch. we checked it out. And, you know, it seemed like it was going to be okay. But it was a pretty rough injury. And then we that didn't really did address it. probably not feel good. No, didn't feel good. But kept going, kept riding horses, had some more injuries falling off, broken collarbone, broken shoulder blade, other stuff like that. And then that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like no big deal. You say it so I fell off a horse that they wanted to take a picture, and I was just sitting there, and then I fell off. Like I just toppled off. That uh, that was enough. The broken collarbone and shoulder blade was crazy because yeah. my horse and I were rounding the third barrel, and it's fast. Like you're going as fast as you can, and she stumbled and fell, and I was still trying to hang on at that moment, and Damn. that hurt. And then the other one, my uncle and I were trying to race through our pasture just for fun. And my horse stumbled again in a hole, and she toppled, and I broke everything on that little incident. Did you – I – this will be somewhat ignorant. I don't know. Did, like, how – did you have the same horse? Or is um, it – like, how – Two of those injuries were my same horse, Brandy. She was amazing. So we went through a lot together, and it was never her fault. The other one was Natalie, and that also wasn't her fault. But we had a few different horses growing up. But Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. I don't know, like, how – like – Long, yeah, you can ride a horse, yeah, competitively they, like that. Mm, they last pretty long, take good care of them, so keep them in shape. Same like as human, you know, like right. you can keep going for a long time if you take care of yourself. But you know, just all the wear and tear, and then playing volleyball in high school, and coaches not really knowing how to help you recover, and all the PT stuff. College, same thing, just wear and tear. And then I really think what did my knee in was probably those two bikini competitions that I did because I got so lean and I was doing so much cardio that I think my knee was just kind of grinding a yeah, little bit. Yeah, because like wear. the leaner you get, like there's just no, uh, there's just no cushioning. Period. Yeah. Like your joints, like everything, everything is just gonna dry up, and that's why you know bodybuilders, especially like way into their prep, they're like way prone to injury. Yeah. And that's another reason why for powerlifters, you don't want to cut a huge amount of weight or any because yeah. you need all that cushioning for your body to make it through. Like, you know, bodybuilding, I would say puts a lot of stress on kind of like your endocrine system. And it mm-hmm. also puts a lot of stress on your mind and like your like mind muscle connection and yeah. stuff like that. And like, I feel like powerlifting is different because you're just moving. You have to move so much weight in like a certain week mm-hmm. to drive that strength and drive that progressive overload that like your body, you're just like, yo, let's go. Like, make sure we're like keeping up. I feel yeah. like with bodybuilding, it's like a more of a like, all right, what can we do with like just enough so we can, you know, build muscle, but not too much so yeah. we don't get too fat because totally. like they're so like. They want you lean all the time. Whenever. Yeah. Um, all right. So that kind of made the knee a little bit worse. Yeah. And it got to the point where even just going out and playing volleyball for fun was something I really couldn't do because I would be out for like a week after with just swollen, painful knee. So I got it checked out finally. And the doctor told me, you know, you got a lot of damage in there. There's a lot of stuff floating around that needs to be cleaned out. And I think once I get in there, if it's as bad as I think, I'm going to have to deliberately cut one of your tendons so it releases itself and can reheal on a, a better track and get back to the right spot. So we did it. And that was, I, you know, I went into it thinking it wasn't going to hurt that bad. It wouldn't be that bad of a recovery. And I was very, very wrong. It was very <laughs> painful and it took me a long time to come out of it. Yeah. I remember when you like 
first went to go get it. You're like, yeah, I'll be back in a few yeah, weeks. I just, was like, no worries. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had signed up actually for a out-of-state work conference a week after the surgery oh because gosh. I thought, of course, I'll be able to get on an airplane and go it's to the totally conference. Fine. It's going to be fine. I have two legs. We're good. Yeah. So about two days before I was supposed to leave for that conference, I had to reach out and say, there is no chance I can get on a plane. I can't even put any weight on my knee yet at all. It's not Crazy. happening. How long did you have to sit with like no weight on the knee? I think probably a good solid two weeks before Oof. feeling like I could put weight on it. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, so after the knee surgery, I know that that was probably not a fun time where you're just like, you know, able to put weight, but you can't really like work out. Mm -hmm. And I know you're like me and Liz, we're like working out. It's also like a good release for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that was... That was like before this year, right? That was then, right at the beginning of coronavirus that's, starting. That's yeah, what I was gonna say because I was gonna say the coronavirus. I know it's been awful, and we're all living through crazy changes right now. But the fact that you guys were creative and gave us the opportunity to have the beach workouts, even when we yeah. couldn't be inside, that was the first thing I remember after my knee surgery. Yeah. thinking I can walk on the sand. I really can't do everything they're wanting to do right now, but I can go out and I can try. And that was awesome. It got me outside. It got me to see my gym friends again. And it gave me the motivation to get better and stronger. That's awesome. Yeah. Straight out of knee surgery, right out of the beach workouts. Yep. Boom. Thanks to Fortis. Woohoo. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that was something like during the coronavirus initial shutdown, everything that was super important to me is to make sure that even though the physical location of Fortis was closed, someone said this the other day and it's exactly true. Even though the physical location was closed, like Fortis didn't go anywhere. We just kind of changed our offerings and, you know, had those online Zoom workouts. We had the beach workouts. We had the at-home workouts. So that way people could choose. And then, you know, we also knew for some people that was just going to be a time. I mean, that's a weird time. It so was. Some people, Still is. Yeah. we knew that it was just like, you know, they're probably just going to hang out until it's done. That's okay. Yeah. Because that was just a very, I mean, even for me and Liz, like training, we brought a bunch of stuff to our garage mm -hmm. and, you know, working out in our garage was definitely difficult compared to working out in the gym. Yeah. Um, so once we got back, Fortis reopened, um, what did you feel like? Like, did you feel like you just jumped right back into things? You're ready to go? Or was it like, oh my gosh, like what <laughs> Like, my knee cannot do anything. Yeah. Or kind of in the middle. This is where the shout out goes to Liz because thank God Liz happened to be in the summer and she was uh, coaching some of our Fortis Fit classes because when I came back, it was very discouraging. I really couldn't do anything that I thought I should be able to do at that point. But and she it, was really doing awesome. She ugh. just doesn't know it. Yeah. Liz <laughs> kept me in the game. She would encourage me and she would give me really good modifications. Like, for example, I remember the day in class, it was programmed to do burpees. I couldn't do a burpee and I was really bummed out about it. So she showed me a way to kind of modify it where I could do it with my knee at that moment. And it was awesome because I had that light bulb moment of like, okay, Liz is going to help me get through this and she's going to make sure that I go in steps and stages to where I don't hurt my knee, but I'm still getting that mental confidence game back and getting stronger week by week to do more and more. So that was pretty cool. And I have to say, based upon what the doctor said I should be doing at this point, I'm way ahead of the game. And that's thanks to Liz. 
you were absolutely crushing it. And like, you really did all summer. And I know like you'd get discouraged at times, but like you just kept pushing through. And like, I don't know that like anyone else is like, has, was as consistent as you were. And like, and that's like testament to you and like what you're able to do though is how consistent you were and like you pushed yourself. And even if it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do, you did what you could at the time. And then like one week you couldn't even do a step up. I, I remember yep. that one. Like you could not step up step up onto like the lowest box. Yep. Like you couldn't do it. And then within like two weeks, you're just like stepping up all day and you're like, can I just do these yeah. for the whole class? I'm I like, well, asking you that. <laughs> let's not go the whole class. But I mean, and that's just the testament to like working hard and like putting in the effort and like believing in yourself, even like when you didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and like, it's been super cool, like watching like how much progress you've been able to make and it's even cooler that the doctors are like yeah mm-hmm. she's doing you're like you're doing even better than like they would expect you to be yeah. doing so and it's fun too because you'll see new people come into the gym so for example tanya she's one of the newest people at fortis fitness and she comes in and she is crushing it and so it's super fun to have people in there that really want to see each other grow and be stronger and you can kind of have similar goals and you can meet up and like, for example, she and I are training with Liz on Saturdays now. It's a good time. Yeah. And you'll you'll set little goals for yourself of like, okay, next week I want to try to get five pounds more on my bench press and you'll, it'll happen. You know, you put in the work and it happens and it's really fun to see everybody else in there crushing it too. And we're all making some major gains and I love it. Yeah. And I really like how like you kind of, you said, everyone is encouraging other people and like, they're excited for other people. And like the two of you together, even like training both of you, like you guys are both like so genuinely excited for each other, like in what you're doing and like the accomplishments that you're making. And like, it's just really cool to see. And I mean, I know it's not just you two, obviously, like our community is is super encouraging with that and just how excited people get for each other and for that progress. And I just think it's, it's a really cool to see. I agree. Yeah, that's definitely something we've worked hard to develop at Fortis and create is just a community that's supportive of everyone's goals, whether that's powerlifting, whether that is just working out because we're trying to enjoy life, whether that is weightlifting or whatever people are doing. Fixing your knee. Fixing your knee. (laughs) Rehab. Yeah, we have a lot of people that we've been able to help with kind of some corrective exercise and rehab after surgeries or after injuries and stuff like that and bringing all those people together and creating a community where everyone's lifting everyone else up and you know no one feels like oh well you know they're they're just fixing their knee like what are they doing it's like no no like for them like this step up is really cool like everyone else is excited about you getting the step ups not just you know being like oh well okay like you know we've definitely tried hard and will continue to cultivate like the community and uh, I don't know, just kind of like a positive atmosphere that we've built where we want everybody to succeed. We don't Mm -hmm. want to just like leave people by the wayside. We want to make sure you're succeeding in whatever you want to be successful in and not trying to force some sort of narrative. Like I feel like sometimes gyms or trainers are like, well, I play ultimate Frisbee. So now you play ultimate. Frisbee." Like, it's like, what? Like, (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that, though. Or like, you know, I just feel like sometimes like people, you know, it's like a specific type of gym or like we want to be a place that's for everybody. That's like the main instead of like the main thing being a specific exercise, the main thing and what we're about is redefining strong together. Mm -hmm. And we're all in there working hard together. If you want to work hard and get better, 
then Fortis has a spot for you, period. Yeah. And then, you know, that way that allows us to have such a wide, diverse group of people, which is, I think, probably one of the best parts about Fortis. And it's also because you're not just going in there to get the extra support. You're also going in there because you need to be held accountable. So if you want to get stronger, you want to get better, but you also want to be in a supportive environment, this is the place for you because we're not going to let you just show up and halfway do everything. You're going to get called out and you're going to be pushed (laughs) harder. Yes, you are. And that's the good thing because not every day do you have it in yourself to go that extra rep or try a little bit harder, do what you're actually capable of doing. But when you're surrounded by other people that help push you, that makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's definitely like part of it is just like making sure everybody's staying on top of everybody. I know like I was talking on the podcast with Chuck about just like for myself, it's motivating for me to get to the gym at 5 a.m. to come train for myself. There's definitely some days I'm like, "Mm, I could work out later, Mm -hmm. but you know, I know everybody's there. They're all waiting. So, you know what I mean? Like it's definitely like motivating for me having you guys, the members there just like, you know, well, everybody else is getting their day started, so I better get my day started, you know? Yeah. And, like, to the other day I had trial, so I had to kind of shift my schedule around. Oh, yeah. But I had to shift it around at the last minute because I needed a little extra time. So it was helpful that you called me out, Nate, and you're like, where were you? And everybody else in the gym, too, said the same thing. Where were you? You weren't here this morning. You know, uh, you better get back in here tomorrow. And so it, it holds you accountable, and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah. We like consistency. That's my favorite word. If you're consistent, 1% better per day. Exactly. That's like a huge, huge concept that I really love is that if you do something good every single day for a year, you're going to be great at it. You know what I mean? Like you're not just like, instead of trying to have the goal to be great at something day one, having the goal to do one thing that will get you better and move you towards your goal over and over and over, then you're going to eventually become great. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So. Last but not least, what is next for you, my friend? Ooh. So we've competed in bikini. Uh-huh. We've done Check. I've been the volleyball, mascot, mascot <laughs> every other sport imaginable. I was um, also in the band, played the trumpet. There you nice. go. <laughs> and I played the flute. Nice. I can see that. <laughs> Nate, did you good. play any played, instruments in the band? I played piano for a little okay. bit, and then my parents too. made me do like choir, which was... Hmm. That's horrible. Scary. Yeah, that was horrible. That's scary. Yeah. And then I think that I played piano for a little bit. I got like okay at piano, but I think I can't remember why I stopped that. But I I did play piano for a little bit, but I was never in the band. Gotcha. I played soccer and I played track and played track. well ran track. Is that what you do in track? Whatever. <laughs> ran track, played soccer, uh I played volleyball. I was the libero. Hey, look out. Volleyball. So I was like Diving around the court. Yeah, because you got I, to wear the different color jersey. Yep. Nice. Because I couldn't spike, and I still can't <laughs> spike. So, you know. It if happens. I ever play volleyball at Juana's again, I'll need Jeff on my team. Perfect. Um, but, yeah, so what's up next for you? Um, I know we talked about some adventure races. Yeah, I'm recruiting actively in. now for my adventure <laughs> racing team. What's so, it called? Uh, Daisy the Dragon? <laughs> Possibly. It's in the running. <laughs> But here's the thing is that I'll see these things or I'll hear about these things and it plants a seed in my mind and I have that feeling like one day I'm going to do that. And this happened to me when I saw the adventure race on Amazon Prime during coronavirus, out of things to do, out of things to think about, turned on Amazon Prime and there's the great adventure race in Fiji. 
And I saw these people, and there's this really good guy, they call him the Michael Jordan of adventure racing that's from, <laughs> I think, New Zealand. And one day, I'm going to find this guy and somehow either get on his team or learn from him. <laughs> and I want to do one. I mean, these things are crazy, though. These people are out there getting uh, bacterial infections from, like, bug bites and whatnot. They're Gross. in the water getting hypothermia. They're out of food. Some of them just can't make it because of either uh, physical injuries or they're mentally broken down so much they can't keep going. But it, that just sounds like something I need to do. Right on. Yeah. You guys on my team? Nope. Mm, I'll coach you. <laughs> I'll train you up. We'll help train you for it. That's about as far as I If you wait know. a while, maybe I'll do an adventure yes. race. There will come a time when I'll venture out into other things, but yeah. powerlifting is for me for now. I might start with a triathlon. That's good. I mean, because I do need to get better at swimming. Or are you just going to go full David Goggins and start doing ultra marathons? That's a real choice. When I just saw what he just did in Moab 240, the fact that he got second place after a crazy ankle injury and then he crossed the finish line and he just starts doing push-ups. Yep. It's crazy. This guy is insane. Yes, absolutely. So one day. If there are some listeners out here that do not know, uh, David Goggins is an awesome, awesome dude. I've never met him. I would hope to meet. That would be so. That would be on my bucket list. That would be awesome. Yep. Um, but I read his book when it first came out a couple of years ago. I first mm-hmm. heard about him on the Joe Rogan podcast. Same here. I never um, knew about this yeah, guy that was something, Joe Rogan. That was like when we, when you first joined, we were yeah. talking about that. Um, so yeah, I never knew who he was until he was on Joe Rogan and listened to his story, which was just insane. Talks about just some crazy stuff. He made it through hell week multiple yeah. times in one year, all these things. And just his childhood too, what he had to overcome to yeah. even make it out of that little town. Yeah, I would strongly encourage people check uh, his book out. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. If you don't know how to read like me, then you can download <laughs> Audible on your uh, phone. And I think it's even cheaper. I think it's like four or five bucks. Yeah. But that is a good listen or a good read, whatever floats your boat. Liz read it as well. It's um, really good. It's a super good book. And it is just, you know, he talks about a bunch he says it's not a motivational book which i'd actually agree but it's just a really good story it and motivated I, the me. story I would say, but it is the story could be mo- i would say the story could be motivating yeah but it's like, not written to motivate it, exactly. but, but it does like, it naturally. does motivate exactly yeah. which i think is super cool because i feel like this like society and especially the fitness realm is just like full of like you know oh i'm gonna write this motivational book yeah it's like who are you like yeah. you know what i mean like this dude has achieved some shit he is so walking like, the walk yeah he's he is walking the walk the dude i mean he just finished like you said yeah. Moab 240 turns around starts doing push-ups on the floor Crazy. while everyone else is like dying yeah um but yeah i would definitely encourage everybody listening to this to go check out david goggins if you're part of fortis you might have probably already heard me go on a long rant about him <laughs> in the past <laughs> so maybe you already know but if you've been holding out, it's time to read that book. Uh, that'll definitely help, I think, give people a good mindset shift or at least give people perspective. Yeah. And it's like if you feel sorry for yourself, things get hard. Oh, this rep is hard. Adding this weight is hard. Listening to someone like David Goggins really makes you shut up and just do the work. <laughs> because you, we have nothing to complain about when it comes to someone that's lived a life like he has lived. And so I feel like putting it in perspective makes a big difference. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It's just a good, like, story that puts things in perspective for you. And also those other episodes on uh, Joe Rogan, those are good, too. Joe Rogan is super cool. Yeah, Joe Rogan podcast. Maybe one day we'll collaborate. That's what I'm thinking. I definitely think you're going to get there. You are the next Joe Rogan. (laughs) See, here's the thing. You put it in your mind. I'm not censored, so. Yeah. 
Exactly. I, Spotify. Spotify doesn't own me. Joe Rogan, call me up. We can get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Although Spotify, I'll also take the hundred million. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to give me a hundred mil, I might not yeah. say a few things. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe we'll discuss. <laughs> maybe things. that's not a big deal. All right. So adventure racing, most Let's likely. Let's do it next. Um, you got any more like short term goals that you're like I want to push towards? Yeah. So I think it'll be really cool to squat 200 pounds yes. so that's yeah hey. i mean that's gonna happen someday yeah it is you're not that far off no yeah, i think there. she squats like upper hundreds so mm. what she what'd you just do 245 250 245 for three for the one yeah 145 look liz, liz is, liz is ascended she only talks in 200 200 only i mean <laughs> you could do it you'll get there so oh, 145 but for yeah. three so you could definitely getting to those yeah, upper so three coming. upper 200s yep, for, we're getting there oh my god upper 100s i seriously can't how about <laughs> we make a public goal that you should be squatting 200 by the end of the year and i will be doing one pull yes. up by this christmas oh yeah that's her goal so come into Fortis December 25th to watch Bethany <laughs> squat 200 and do a pull-up. It's going to happen, guys. Or more. Do you have bench and deadlift goals, too? Not yet. Okay. Those are going pretty well. I wanted, My goals there are just to get the form down perfect. I mean, the fact that you're even squatting as much as you are after knee surgery is really, really impressive. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's I'm loving really it. And it's impressive. not hurting. So that's the good part is that it really does feel like it's going to come back stronger than it was before the surgery. Oh, it is. For sure. I think it already is. Yeah. Yeah. And you're working with Liz, and she's going to make sure you're building that knee. Yeah. And Safely. Exactly. Proper steps. You got some solid form going on. Yes. Now. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. giving us uh, some of your day. We really appreciate it. We do. It was fun. Super fun. Thank you, Liz, for co-hosting this episode with me. And for being an awesome coach. Thanks. Yes. And thank you, Toby, for not barking the whole time. We love you, Toby. Just a couple times. Just a couple times. Just a couple (laughs) growls in there. So uh, just a reminder, you guys, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anything that you use to listen to podcasts. We are on there. Um, We will drop video episodes every now and then, uh, just depending on the guest. And those will be on YouTube, so be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Um, And yeah, please leave us a rating and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. See ya. Bye.